Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey everyone, welcome back to Women in Music, the podcast sharing the tales of singular voices in music. They all just happen to be women. I'm your host, Millie Cotton, and for this week's episode, I had a chat with the wonderful Chelsea Grimes. Chelsea Grimes is a singer, songwriter, and Tranmere Rovers LFC footballer. She's currently successfully straddling a career in both music and sports. Chelsea featured several times in the writing credits for Dua Lipa's self-titled first album, and also for her more recent Grammy-nominated Future Nostalgia album. She's also written for the likes of Kylie Minogue and Little Mix, and her debut single, Just Like That, landed in Spotify UK's New Music Friday Top 10. Chelsea presented during the BBC Women's World Cup coverage and is now one of the anchors of Match of the Day X. She's not only inspirational in the way that she manages her multi-hyphen career, but you only have to spend a short time on her Instagram stories for her positivity to rub off on you. I highly recommend it. I really love chatting with Chelsea and weirdly, even though this is the last episode of the season, it's actually the first episode that we recorded. Hence a few technical difficulties, but it's just a couple of minutes at the beginning and then it's perfectly normal after that. Thank you for listening to this season. We'll be back at the beginning of March and I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Chelsea Grimes. You do so many different things and you manage to balance them as a career really, really well. But sometimes I feel like as women, we aren't necessarily seriously if we try and do more than one career. Do you find that ever? Yeah, I think um, obviously when I was signed to my last record deal, they were a bit like, oh, you know, you can't be doing too many things because people are going to be, you know, not engaging with the music because then you've got football and then you're doing match of the day and then you're doing a podcast. But I think... For me, that's how I function. That that's, makes me happiest when I'm doing more than one thing. I think it's one of the nicest messages I got from someone was from a mum. And I played soccer AM, so I played football in the car park, beat Wayne Bridge in the crossbar challenge, then went in, performed, and then I sat on the sofa <laughs> and was speaking about match of day and all this. And she sent me a message saying, my daughter's only 11, you know, she's she loves music, she loves football, and people have always chose or told her what to choose, one, and you've today shown her that you can do it all. And I thought that was just so lovely to hear. And yeah, I mean, I'm up for always breaking boundaries and stuff. So if I can help a few kids out there know that you don't have to do one thing, my job's done. Yeah, no, it's such an inspiration. It is You don't see that many women doing it and doing it really, really well, which is something I think that you do do. And for anyone who doesn't know, what came first, music or football? Football, it was. I say that a bit like, oh, I hate choosing one. But yeah, from the age of nine, <laughs> I played football. I was an only child growing up. So it was a lot of like kicking a ball against the wall until I got into a team and I got scouted by Liverpool and then I signed for them under 10s and played right up until I was 16 there. And then realised that back then, I was talking like 12 years ago, um, you know, women weren't paid um, at all. So I played football from the age of nine to 16 with no money. And then I'd done music from the age of wow. 16 to 18 and got loads of money when I signed a record deal. So I was like, this is easy. I'll do this for a bit. Um, 
But then I, I missed football so much. So at the age of like 23, I got back into it. And then it's kind of all like crossed over in a weird way. How did that come about when you signed your record deal? Because going from like playing football to music is quite like a different step, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, for me, I, I find a lot of similarities in the both of them. You know, I express myself on the pitch. I express myself on the studio, in the studio or on stage. Um, but yeah, it was. I just took music as a GCSE just to like fill up me slot, really. And picked up piano and guitar quite quickly. Loved writing songs. It kind of gave me the same feeling as when like I scored a goal, like writing a great lyric. And it was the only other thing that made me feel fulfilled. So. I carried on with it and played gigs anywhere I could, open mic nights, started like getting my own tickets to sell at gigs. So like the O2 Academy in Liverpool would give me say 50 tickets and I'd have to go and hustle on Facebook and on and all that good stuff, MySpace back then, <laughs> and hustle to sell the tickets and I would and more and more people oh, started yeah. to come. And yeah, then I got a manager and he sent me demos off and I had a record deal within like a year. So it was, it was fast when I'd look back at it now, but it was all meant to be. And so with that first record deal, I saw that you got dropped from your record deal then. So how did that happen? Like, what music did you release? And yeah, how did you deal with the rejection? Because that's quite early on in your career. So that's like not an easy thing to go through, I imagine. Yeah, but I think at the time I was like buzzing that I'd even got a record deal after such short amount of time. I think um, I hadn't, I'd, I'd never even really been in love, you know, I was writing music at that time, I played piano a lot more than guitar, and I think they wanted to brand me as like a UK Alicia Keys because I was like, you know, young making pop music, and they were like, I know, we'll put you in front of a piano and you can be the UK Alicia Keys. But I hated the record I was making. <laughs> but talking about football and having similarities, like, I didn't really take it to heart because music's a bit like football where if a new manager comes in and you're not a player that he's signed and he maybe wants a big number nine up front but I was more of a like quick number 10 and they don't really want that in the team that's fair enough I'll just go somewhere else and 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 do it there so that's how I kind of looked at it I was someone else's signing he got sacked a new manager come in and I wasn't his signing so at the end of the day I looked at it I was like well I didn't release any music I hated the music I was making anyway and I can just I got loads of money and mm. I got to travel and live and I started again and and by that point I was like 20 21 and, you know, I'd, I'd experienced more, I'd been in love, I'd been heartbroken, and I was writing be- better music, and I just felt more of an artist. So, yeah, it was it was kind of just like being on loan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing, definitely not. I guess it's good experience to, like, when you start something really early, and then, yeah, you hit hurdles, and I don't think anyone should ever make it overnight, because, like, what do you learn from that? I don't know. It's good when you, yeah, hit obstacles for learning. And then you went into writing music for other people. So who was the first person that you wrote a single for? First person, uh, just the first cut I ever had was Kylie Minogue. So that was, it was on that Kiss Me Once album. Which, That's mental. Yeah, I know, it was crazy. <laughs> so obviously I got dropped. And then after that, I was like down to like my last five grand in the bank. And I was thinking, oh my God, I might have to go and get like a, a job now. And, um, and then just luckily enough, one guy no other labels wanted to really touch me then because they were like well you've just had a really big deal with sony that didn't work for you you didn't release anything why are we going to sign yet which is fair enough so i was like okay i need to get a bit more Mm -hmm. credibility in here and now i can write a good song so peter mccamley signed me for a really small deal um but he was the only one the only offer on the table 
And he, I think he listened to like 350 songs that I'd wrote. And he said there was like three hits in there. He was like, I'm signing you off them. And I was just like happy that he'd listened to all 350 because I was even testing him and being like, what about that song? And he was like, yeah, great verse, but the chorus was... I was like, oh my God, this guy really did do his homework. Um, and yeah, he just he called, made a few calls, got me in a few sessions. And the first session I was in was Father, and they'd... You know, they'd had huge records with, like, Pussycat Dolls, Kylie Minogue before, um, you know, Jamelia, Superstar, they'd done that. And that was, like, my first song I ever really, like, performed at, like, a gig and stuff. It was mad. And, yeah, I just I just turned up, didn't have a clue what I was doing, didn't know how to write a song for Kylie Minogue, but they played me a track and said she was looking, do you want to have a go at this? And I wrote the song in, like, 15 minutes, demoed it, and by the next day... Wow. They'd sent me an email and she demoed it already and sent me it back and I just sat there in this little poxy hotel room that I was in, which was only enough space for like me and my suitcase and I had to like climb through to get to the bathroom. And I was just listening to Kylie like sing me song and I was in all the back and vocals and it, it was just mad at that moment. I was like, okay, writing songs isn't too bad either. Like if I have to take a break away from me being an artist, I can live with this. I, I enjoy this. So to strip it back when you like start to write a song for an artist, say you're given a brief and then are you given a brief or are you just told to go in and do sort of like whatever you think is is the right thing for that artist? Like, did you know that you were writing that song for Kylie before you started it? Yeah, yeah. I, we get briefs a lot of the time, um, whether you're in a songwriting camp or if you just go in with an artist, usually I'll say, okay, what what's the vibe? And they, they might play me some demos, but I, I also say, okay, if you could have had a single for you this year or maybe last year, what would it sound like? Who is it? And we'll like try and reference that song loosely. But um, yeah, with Kylie, they knew it was for her. They knew that the A&R loved the track, but they just didn't have a top line or anything. So yeah, I just tried to keep the range. I try and like, listen, obviously I'm not going to be hitting like Mariah Carey notes for it if it's Kylie, like, you know, she, <laughs> she hasn't got the range, but she's, she's still, you know, a household name and, for me, just off the back of that album, you know, it was like Pharrell, Sia, Emanike, and then my name, and I was just like, okay, this is this is weird, but yeah, it, it worked, thank God. After you wrote for Kylie, did you find that it then like snowballed and then lots of people wanted you to write for them? Yeah, it's it was crazy. Um, as soon as that happened, you know, the album went to number one, which is, I think everyone would have thought if it didn't, then it was a, a bad album for her, because um, usually everyone, she does, as well but yeah as soon as that come out a lot of the labels started calling then and I was getting in more rooms with bigger people and I think that's just how it works you know you're only as good as your last song if you have another song and it bombs or whatever then people aren't blowing up the phone as much but it can it can just take one song so yeah it, it, the phone definitely started ringing a little bit more. You wrote a lot of Dua Lipa's first album right um how was that? Yeah, that was, you know, for me, that's the most thankful I think I've ever been to an artist because even now on this next album, you know, I've done one song with it, but I only got two days with it. Um, the first album, we had like, I don't know, three weeks maybe in session times. We had wow. a lot of time together. Um, but obviously what happens when you get big is your time gets a lot shorter. So I just appreciated um, to get back on it because the people who are on that the new album are just incredible. But yeah, you know, I met her. She... She had like 2,000 followers. She was just like, hey, I'm doing it. Like, lovely, 
girl that you just never know that's what i mean i mean she's beautiful and her voice was incredible but i've also worked with artists who are you know talented too and they don't make it um but yeah i just think she she just wanted it so bad um mm. it was just a different vibe i don't know i had a good feeling about it so i'll put in more time because don't forget songwriters we don't get paid to like walk in a room so all our time is quite You've got to be logical with it. So you, you might have two of the same, you know, same age, two females um, going for the same mm -hmm. kind of record. But who are you going to give your record to? Who do you believe more in? So I gambled, but it, it paid off. I didn't know that. So I didn't know that when you work in a studio that you don't get paid for it. It's only then when the song is released. It's kind of, it's, it's strange. Everyone is always like, oh, so do you get paid then? Do you sell your song? I'm like, no, we get royalties. Um, every time we go into a session... Yeah. You don't make any money. It's just, you know, hopefully that song comes out and hopefully it does well and hopefully that artist becomes a worldwide selling um, artist. But you never know. So it's it's a strange job. That's why it, it's been mad me going into like TV and radio now and, and doing like branding deals where you actually get paid for doing work because I'm used to waiting. <laughs> I've got six months to get a penny, you know, so... Um, so that's the perks of it and, and, and the not so good things. But, you know, songs have been sat on my iTunes for two years and I've never made a penny and then they come out and end up making me money. So you just never know. You never know. Do you have a favourite song that you've written? Like, or, yeah, no, what was your favourite song that you've written? Um... I'd hate that question because at the time, I always say different <laughs> things. At this moment in time... Okay, one of the favourite songs I ever wrote was for a guy called Stenage. He's on Republic Records and we wrote this song called Romantic. And at that time I was like going through a breakup, kind of dating someone new and it just embodied everything. And I still remember like where I was. I was on the phone to it and I sent her the song and it just, it's very like memorable. And I, I know that it's a good song when I remember like exactly where it was, how it happened and stuff like that. But... If you ask me right now, the new song that we have on the Dua Lipa album, Love Again, I just love that mm. record so much because the strings and everything, like as a whole production of a record, that's like one of my favourite songs that I'm really proud of. Like if when you're writing for yourself to what, when you're writing for someone else, um, because you're an artist in your own right, so I think it's easier writing for someone else, yeah, because I it's kind of like I'm the painter decorated in a way, you know, they can say I want that color, that color, <laughs> that color, and then I can go, okay, what about this? And they might say, mm, no, I'm like, okay, what about this? And I, but with myself, it's like I have the whole palette of colors, and I'm like, uh. so it's. It, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one, yeah, but 
definitely easier I think writing for someone else because I'm fine with like rejection on things so we just like work together and I like collaborating when it's for me I tend to struggle like do I like that I like it one day then I don't the next and I'm quite like up and down with my own music I think that's the same for everyone right it's like it's much easier to help someone else out with their project than it is on your own do you when you're writing your own songs do you collaborate with other people as well yeah not so much top liners though um Mainly, obviously, producers. I'll collaborate with them, but usually it's just me and a producer. Um, okay. I'm not sure why. Just, I mean, I have done. I worked with Wayne Hector on some stuff. Um, you know, the songs coming out on the new project that I have, Vice Versa, where there's three of us and we've taken maybe another top line and, and put it on. But, yeah, generally, when it's just myself, I tend to work, like, more solitary. So with your new project, with the trio of you, how did you guys end up doing that together? It was another one of them mad, crazy ideas that I have at like three in the morning, but I was working with Jonas Blue and Calvin <laughs> Harris and I'd worked with Sagala and I was working with all these DJs who were male and I, and I heard the money that they were making, you know, live and I was thinking, there's not a female D- DJ like playing on Capital, on Radio 1, like not, not one that like you know, is hitting top 40. So I was actually looking for a female DJ project. And mm. I was thinking, I'll write the tunes. I'll find the female DJ who can go out, do all the gigs. We'll split half the money. Like it was a proper, in my head, I, I had it. But then I couldn't really find the right act. So time was ticking. And I knew I spoke to a lot of the record labels about the idea and they were all into it. And so I took it into Ollie Green, who's mm. one of the guys in Vice Versa and Ben. And they were just like, why don't you just demo some stuff here? And then Ollie ended up, I was just like, can you just sing this verse just to see what it sounds like for a guy? And it, we put them together, the vocals, and I was like, this is kind of sick. Like, actually, there's not a DJ project with, like, a boy and a girl. Maybe forget the girl part. Why don't we all just do it together? And then, yeah, it just happened like that, really. And we shopped it around, and Ultra ended up going for it. And, you know, they're a great dance label. And so, yeah, we've got the next single ready. I've just watched the music video, actually, which is amazing. So, yeah, it's exciting. Just another little project on the side. But it's, um, it's yeah, it's exciting. It sounds so different to your your music that you put out as an artist. Um, is, it, is it nice to be working on something totally different? Well, then maybe you do that all the time anyway, if you're writing for such different artists all the time that you are working on such different things all the time anyway. Yeah, honestly, it's like one day I can be doing a country song, the next day I can be doing a dance record, the next day it's like... <laughs> so it's it's always changing. That's why I think my music's always going to evolve. Like, then I've got another song coming out on a film, which is basically a piano ballad. So I'm just doing, like, anything that I think's good at the minute. But with Vaz Vizer, it's more... Yeah, definitely like dance pop, but it's stuff that I'm into as well. Like, I I love that music too. So, yeah, we just, we we mainly write it on piano though. Ollie's an amazing pianist, so we write most of it on piano. And then we give it to Ben and he produces it up so we can sing it like organically too. And we've just done a few acoustic versions, which like bring the song a whole nother life. It's, it's, it's crazy, but Mm. it's, it's decent. What do you see the future of the project being? We've been in talks. I mean, you know, if it was a live lounge, we have the capability to sit down and do that. Where I'd be on guitar, Ollie's on piano, and Ben's just on synth or something. But also, if Ibiza calls next year and we have a big hit, then Ben could just go and DJ that, <laughs> and we could just like lay back. And so it's just got it's um it's diverse. Things in the background. <laughs>
I'll be like in the crowd, just like loving it. But um, yeah, yeah it's, just like it's these ones so in the front. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so many dimensions. I don't think we've like locked it down as such. We're just gonna release the next single, see how that goes, and and keep putting music out until Baby we're told we can't anymore. Baby, only closure, baby, baby, only closure, baby, baby, only closure gets us getting closer. Baby, only closure gets us getting closer. Baby, only closure gets us. Baby, only closure, baby, baby, only closure, baby, baby, only closure gets us getting closer. So I wanted to chat a little bit about represent representation in pop culture because I don't know about you, but when we were growing up, I think we we're about the same age, um, like '90s sort of babies. There wasn't many representations of same-sex same-sex relationships in any sort of pop culture. You're just very open about your sexuality and within your music, and how important do you think that, that is now? Like, yeah, I mean, it's still been a struggle. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, the first song I put out with Sony, RCA, uh, just like that. That was like two years ago, three years ago, I can't remember. But I actually wanted a girl to be in that video. And also in Girls, we ended up changing it. You know, a lot of people around the boardroom table who are in control of the budget that gets put in front of me videos and, and stuff like that were like, oh, I think you're, like, you know, you're excluding the guys here and there. And I was just like, well, that's exactly what I wrote the song about, kind of. It was with a girl in mind and it's hard because you're stuck in this limbo of like they're almost like stood at the gate saying well here's all your hopes and dreams but to get through there like you you can't do that but you could do that and it'll get you to the next door and it's a constant battle um mm. hence me hating the music I was making the first time I was signed there because I I wasn't sure of myself either I was still figuring out if I was gay or not when I was 18 um so I wasn't really writing as true to myself as I do now. Pretty much every, well, every single song I write is about a girl. Um, but it was nice when I got to shoot the Time to Talk video and I could have a girl in it and I signed a new deal and everyone was just like, just be yourself. And I felt the most fulfilled ever then because I was so proud of it. And yeah, I think it is important, definitely. Like, I don't shy away from it. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And I think people just need to be okay with that like I get so much hate from like certain people but I get so much more love and I just it's like water off a duck's back for me now because I'm content and I'm happy in myself so yeah yeah how do you find um because you use social media a lot right like I follow you on Instagram as I said and you are so positive on social media do you find that there's like a pressure to be positive and be a role model and all those different things that come with having a following on the internet. Yeah, I do, but I enjoy it. It's kind of like, I don't know, like I'm not afraid to say, oh, I've had a terrible day today, but my outlook is never really like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I had a terrible like nine to 4 p.m. But then listen, I'm gonna shout about the five, six, seven, eight p.m. I had because that was brilliant and I turned it around, I think. It, it's just a part of me, like, I've just got that mentality, like, I just, I can't be around people who are just constantly, like, always glasses half empty, like, I'm just trying to encourage just that new yeah. mentality of it's always half full, um, 
And yeah, I do feel pressure though sometimes because I've been reposting a lot lately about like all the messages that I get and everyone's saying, you're so positive, you say this. And sometimes I'm, I'm not. Like, mm. but 95% of the time I am, that is me. And I think just being honest and open because I've been in situations before or in relationships before where, you know, the person next to me might be crying their eyes out, but they're posting a picture of them smiling and I'm thinking, that's not, that's not real, but... Each to their own. I just think if I can yeah. be as as um, transparent as possible, and you can tell that it's coming from an honest place, then you're always going to win. Yeah, I totally agree, and I really love how you do it. I like. I go sometimes. I go into your stories. I'm having a bad day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's so happy. It's so. It's just. It's so nice. <laughs> um. So but I don't know if that's really cringy. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um. <laughs> so when balancing all these things like you're doing match of the day x you you play football is football just at the weekends or is it so I in the week you train as well you're songwriting and you're performing like how do you do it all uh on a lot of like coffee <laughs> a lot of coffee and red bull um <laughs> I, don't, I just love life honestly i love it i think I, I used to dream about this you know even when i wake up in the morning now and like I say, my most proudest I've been is now because I've just bought my own house and like, I'm just, I feel like I'm coming of age and I, I don't know, I just love it. I think you've got to look at all the things you've got rather than what you haven't. And I could sit here and be like, oh, you know, I haven't got another song on the Do It album or I haven't got a single off it, but I've got a, I've got a song on there that I'm really proud of. And I think I just look at everything like that. And, you know, there might be times like this week, my oh my calendar is crazy I think I have about four hours where I'm not doing something um but it's what I wanted so you know it is what it is enjoy every second of it because there might be a time where the phone stops ringing which I've had before <laughs> so I'm making the most of it <laughs> one thing's not happening it'll be the other thing right is there anything that if you could focus on one thing that you would pick to focus on or do you want to keep going in this way where it's like you do all the things that you love yeah like honestly um I recently I just had a call before you actually and um, I've been diagnosed slightly with like ADHD but but they said like it works in your favor because because I do so many things I'm never sat alone too much to like really like delve in and like I'm always busy but that's what keeps yeah that's what makes me who I am I think um I, I just love it. Anything I do, I'll I'll do it with my heart. And if it makes me happy, even if I'm not getting paid, I'll still do it just because I'd rather just be doing something than not at all. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next. Like I said, I've got a film in a movie. I'd love to start getting into more soundtracks and stuff like that. Also, I've been writing like a kid's book. I've got an 11-year-old sister now. So in lockdown, we've been writing a book okay. together. So just literally just going for it. Whatever yes. makes me happy. Finally, what advice would you give to anyone who wants to do any of the many brilliant things that you do? I'd say that you have to, you know, you have to create your own luck. You have to get out there and you have to hustle. You have to believe in yourself. I had so many rejections. I even had people before I even got a deal, like even people around me closest to me, you know, saying, oh, you're never going to do that. You be realistic. But I've done more than I even imagined I would. So dream bigger than big. And, um, you know, it can happen because there's days where I just still have to pinch myself crazy. So keep dreaming, believing in yourself and don't take no for an answer.